0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D H A R M A Media.com. All right, welcome back to Conversations. Z, always good to be sitting here with you. And we are talking today about honesty. And you mentioned a few interesting things. That honesty is bland. So it's not sweet, not sour, not pungent. It just is. It's like you're wearing some kind of puke green color today. I can say that honestly. not trying to offend you, it's just how it is. We talked about people getting on a scale. Scale is dispassionate. The scale doesn't want to make you happy. It doesn't want to piss you off. Doesn't want to get into some argument with you. Just wants to tell you what you weigh. But people are afraid to get on scales. So you've got some fancy scale over here that we've talked about. Which not only tells you your body weight, it tells you your body fat percentage. What is it? Your cellular water?
1: Segmental analysis, yeah. It's still everything. Extracellular, intercellular. Mm-hmm. Extracellular fat, intercellular fat, bone density.
0: Yeah. So it's the kind of shit that people don't even understand what it is, but you're still afraid to see it because you don't want Z looking at this printout and saying, oh God, oh my God, oh good God, what is this? I've never seen this before. (laughs) I was in that situation. I remember being scared to get on that scale. But why? Why are we scared to just hear what is? Why is that so threatening? And the reason we're talking about this is that there's a big benefit to honesty Of course, there's the benefit, as we talk about, of just being able to understand the world as it is. And if you want to get better, you want to navigate this world, the more clearly that you can see, the more honest you can be, the better off you are. But there's also the health aspect to it. And we talked about having an honest conversation. Sometimes conversations are difficult. We don't know how people are going to react. We're afraid that someone might judge us or they might get upset. But if we take that risk and have the honest conversation and just lay out whatever the reality is, we can feel our blood pressure coming down. You can relax. It's like a physical weight that you've been carrying around, which suddenly you can put aside. So you're more free, you're more healthy, you're more expressive. So there's a lot of benefits to being honest, but it's not something that is that easy to do. Uh, It's not that easy to do in society, given where we are. There are certain topics that we're not supposed to talk about. Even if we're talking about things that are true, the truth these days can offend. So there's that social aspect. There's the aspect of the ego where we're insecure. There's some things that we don't want to hear. We don't want to take critique. And honesty, again, it's not concerned about what your feelings are. It's just going to lay out what is, and then you can interpret that one way or another. But if you're terrified of certain outcomes or certain things being true, and you've created a mental shell around that, like things have to be a certain way. I can't weigh more than X amount. I can't go through my life without getting married by a certain age. Whatever the standard is, then if you hear something that contradicts the idea that you have in your mind, that can become very threatening. So what I thought we could do, Z, is maybe talk a little bit about that phenomenon. I mean, just get your take on why it's so hard to be honest or why it's so hard to accept honesty. And then talk about how we can cultivate more of that honest communication and what some of the benefits are.
1: Well, Van, I think about this subject because as we're working on people being well, uh, as we've stated, our mission is to do what we can to mitigate human suffering. The dishonesty that goes along with not being honest and is very burdensome on many levels. It also rallies up the ego and pride, which are always enemies of the higher self. They're enemies of you psychologically, emotionally, and physically. They're enemies of you. When you go and step on that scale and it tells the truth of where you're at right now, it gives you an opportunity to make better decisions about your health and your life when you take a look at your bank account that's really what's there there's no magic there's no hope there's no it's it's it doesn't care it doesn't have a pulse it tells you okay here's where i have to work here's where i'm going to have to save here's where my challenges may be in your lifetime you'll have different burdens of relationships, that with those burdens come certain benefits and liabilities. And when you reduce that burden to those that have more benefit than liability, the journey to that is honesty. For those of you who have friends, as I often talk about, I have what they call dead body in the trunk friends. How did those friendships come? There was a lot of honesty that bland honesty, that at times it may have felt pungent, bitter, sour, or sweet. But at the end of the day, it was none of those. It's how I interpreted it. A real conversation. Uh, my buddy who died some years ago, Aunt, we used to have a thing as kids. We would have our struggles, and we, we were we were struggling with a lot of different things just growing up. And sometimes we would just do what we call hitting the block. So we would walk for miles, just talking. And as we walked, every block, the conversations became more open, more clarity, our disappointments, things that you normally never talk about with people, uh, fears, hopes, your dreams, your dreams deferred. And at the end of that walk, each time we looped back, we were closer because there was less of a there was less interference by the ego and pride that allowed us to be closer and understand each other. We were very different people, but we had honesty. Honesty opened us up to a, a whole different level of soul intimacy. Very few people have that then. Very few people have that, even within intimate partners. And that's, that's, that's a challenge. We work oftentimes with people we can't be honest with. Because if I tell you what I'm thinking or what, what what what's going on in my soul, I will be judged. So here's the arousal of pride and ego. So now you put on a facade, you're fake, you're phony. And you live that life. But it hurts you. It, it, it hurts the body. It hurts the mind. It introduces you to this kind of falsehood of the self. And it just weighs you down. We were talking earlier about when you hear some of these people in these different shows, uh, radio, and they say uh, controversial things. Uh, Right now in contemporary media, of course, it's all the issues of Kanye West. And some of the things he says, Most of what he says are the rantings of a lunatic. That doesn't mean they're not true. Why are they the rantings of a lunatic? Because they're inappropriate to say. Some of it is outright garbage. But even in garbage, there are treasures. Stop clock is right twice a day. We're living in a time where all honesty is suppressed. So if you suppress it all, then you have nothing but falsehood. You have nothing but dishonesty. And so we're living now. We've created an environment for ourselves where dishonesty flourishes on every tier of society. What would be a good idea for those of us who have opted out is in the quiet of a more intimate setting, have really honest conversations if there are topical issues and you want to discuss or you want to hash something out, let's be honest. If you see a friend and their breath is bad, say, hey, man, take a mint. Your breath stinks. Oh, thank you. You don't get offended, run away, hide, shoot the person. Or you say to someone, hey, you you put on a few pounds. What's going on? I do that all the time. What's going on in your life? You, you You're chubbing up there. You're not able to work out. The cortisol is coming. Let's talk about it. Honesty opens you up to things. It doesn't close you off. But again, it also asks for you to suspend the reins of the ego and pride, neither of which do you a great service if they're running your life. If you're curious about a person's condition or their behavior, you ever gone somewhere and your compassion just overwhelms me? You see a sad person, you say, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And sometimes they'll tell you to fuck off, or sometimes they'll say they'll just spill their heart out. You ever had that experience just you, you meet somebody and they look like they're going through something, man? You know, you say, What's going on? And they just pour their heart out. They're able to be honest with you because they don't know you. So you can't judge them. You you don't have a background on them. And they just share, and that sharing. Uh, unburdens them in a way. It relieves them. And it also offers you an opportunity to do a great service simply by being a uh, sounding board for them to express themselves in an, in, in, a, in an unjudged way. Or why is it that it's so easy to speak to a stranger? You go to therapy. You go to your lawyer and you speak completely honest. The lawyer said, be honest with me. Did you do the murder? You said, well, I won't tell anybody. Or you go to your doctor and you say, yeah, yeah, I I party too hard, unprotected. Give me a shot, doc. You know how it is. Doc, yeah, I know how it is. But I got HIPAA rules. I won't tell on you. But the reason you can be honest is because you've already assessed that there will be a low liability to that. I challenge the opt-outs to be honest no matter what the liability within the group of people that are within your spiritual tribe. There is no reason to expose yourself to the betrayal of enemies. There's no reason to give everybody your passcode. Honesty is your passcode.
0: Yeah, so when you talk about the Z, there's honesty with yourself, which is I think where this starts, that you've got to be able to look at yourself dispassionately. You have to be willing to accept, critique, just accept information, and try and be as objective as possible. But then there's also the discussion. And if you start with that clarity of who you are, now you want to go and you want to talk to people about your hopes and your fears, your perversions, the things that you've done that people don't know about that you're afraid you're going to be judged for, and you start limiting it. So as you're saying, you don't want to broadcast this out and give people a way to tear you down because of pride and ego. Yeah, yeah. And there are well, there are just plenty of trolls out there who, who thrive on doing that. So you find your spiritual tribe, but even within that tribe, isn't there some, don't you have different relationships with different people where you might be honest, the limits of honesty or the types of things that you're honest about. You could have an honest conversation about one topic with a certain set of people, but maybe other things are off limits.
1: I would say you look at the relationships on a scale. Uh, Distant associates. Dead body in the trunk, friend. That's the scale. Everybody falls in between that. So you know different relationships you have with siblings. Can you tell them anything? Like, I learned something about one of my sisters that I never knew. Like, we just bonded recently. We weren't that close growing up. And she was telling me how hot you were, and then she started talking. It was was the most shocking experience, because I never felt close. I never really had discussions with her about what she felt, how she saw the world.
0: Yeah. And the first time she opens up, that's what she chooses yeah, to Yeah, Actually, supplement. it
1: was. It was. It was. It was so weird. Yeah, you, you, but, it, <laughs> but it set up a, a whole different layer of our relationship.
0: Hmm. Right? Yeah. You're probably like, now I know why we've never been honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was actually, after I got over the initial shock, it was kind of cool. And then we actually started talking about things that I had trouble that had bothered me most of my life. Like when my my dad was killed, my sister, she blanked him out of his mind and she was my dad's favorite. Mm -hmm. And she completely, for a good portion of our life, said she had no remembrance of my dad. Mm -hmm. But she was 16 when my dad was killed. And he was her favorite. She was like, she always got shotgun in the car, you know, sitting under dad. Mm. And she was the smart bright when he went to all of her school events, never came to mind. when all of her stuff, they were really tight. And then something happened, and she just said he never existed. Mm. And years later, after my mom died, a flood of emotions came back. I remember, and we started to like, and I I resented her for that most of my life. I, I had a lot of issues with her that ability for her to just zero out bad issues in her life. I couldn't. I lived with everything, every pain, every tear, every heartache. I have ulcers because of all that stuff. But as the years went on and and we reconnected, there was that honesty. And she told me her side, and I was able to talk to my view of things. And so when she was able to talk to me about how hot she thought you were, that was a big deal, because we're close enough to talk. You know, I mean, really, I, you keep giving me that shitty grin, but and you're so proud of being cute or whatever. I don't think you're cute, but imagine—I I, that's that's my sister. I've never talked to her. My sister. I've never really. I have people who are not blood relatives who I feel closer to than my actual shared DNA person. Mm -hmm. No, do you understand what I'm saying? And we got to talk. Why is that so funny to you, Kayla? Yeah, whatever. But you get what I'm saying? And so that was like pretty cool. I was like, wow. And so that opened us up to these interactions that didn't have all of these boundaries. You know, there was no judgment, no this. Then she starts sharing things with me about her own life that I never knew that has actually allowed us to be closer. So since that time, we actually call and just speak on a regular basis. We've never done that. I'm, I'm in my mid-60s. She's a little older than me, and we've never, ever just kicked it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how you talk about the floodgates.
1: I was talking to my mom today. at
0: had lunch with her, and she was asking me, as moms do, how are you doing? And normally I don't say anything, because I feel like nothing that I'm feeling is things that... Are going to make her feel comfortable? It's not the answer that she's looking for. But today I got into it and started talking a little bit about my philosophy on life and just some of how I feel about different situations, which is different than what she thinks. And we got into it, and it was exactly that. Once I started talking, then we had this conversation for an hour. And maybe we don't agree on everything, but the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, it starts to pour out. And uh, and yeah, it's cool. I mean, part of it, it's unburdening, but also that's how you connect with people. Otherwise, it's like you got a physical wall between you. I mean, that actually, I can use your perspective on this. That's probably my biggest challenge or one of my biggest challenges in life. I feel like there are very few areas where I can be me. And it makes me feel like I'm always holding things inside. So I look at work, for example, people that... I talk to at work, I've got a team of people, and I'm more open than most. I mean, I'll talk to people honestly about career prospects and life philosophy and so forth, but a work environment, they're just limits. Uh, there's certain things that you can't talk about, you don't want to talk about. It's a liability to the company. Uh, companies want to minimize risk. Uh, they don't want anything to come back and create legal problems. Uh, so that, That's just the culture, but what that means is that there aren't that many people that I'm close to in that environment. Uh, Then I think about being on the the Upper East Side, and we've got this whole community of people, and a lot of times the conversation is around private schools and the merits of different private schools, or it's on vacations or different restaurants that people have been to. Stuff that I just don't care about at all. Uh, But... I don't know how to engage. I I guess one-on-one I can do it. So if I meet people individually, we can take the conversation in different directions. Um, But you talk about the spiritual tribe, you talk about the friends that you have where you can bring them and you've got the dead body in the trunk. I guess what I run into is there just aren't that many of those people. And maybe there aren't for anyone. Uh, We've talked about how the good friends that you have, maybe you can count on one hand. And if you got five good friends in a lifetime, you're lucky. But where does that leave us in terms of honesty and being able to express ourselves if it's such a a
1: limited circle? Well, let us really look at the alchemy of honesty. It is direct, it is an ingredient in intimacy. And intimacy has a limited um, scope, a limited volume. You're not going to have a lot of that in your life. That's why we look at intimacy. It's truly, when it's true intimacy, there's a sacredness to it. And of course it is born in you first. That reflexive loyalty is not because people often earn the loyalty, but oftentimes people project loyalty. Um, And that's that's kind of like part of tribalism. Like if it's your tribe, somebody's bothering my tribe, I'm going to jump in there and get involved in a big brawl. I'm at a I'm at a Dodgers game and the Yankees are there and the Dodger fans start fighting the Yankees fan and you you, you end up in a wheelchair or something and it's this idea that there's this loyalty connected because we have a common uh, idea of ourselves and there is an honesty that you get to experience in that moment. It's the same way when you're in the military and you're involved in some sort of altercation It isn't that complex. I think we crave intimacy. We crave knowing and closeness. But because of the bane of the pride and ego, it's hard for it to have a healthy symmetry to it. You think about work in a perfect world, you work for yourself. And you have... uh, you have mutual beneficial relationship with other working people with with your clients with consumers with your vendors but if you work for someone else it's a little withdrawal of the intimacy we're going to we're not going to be that close we're going to be close enough to know we have common goals and objectives but we also know that there is that transactional aspect of the relationship that i need to look after me and you need to look after you there's a mutual benefit but there's that but, right? I, I, bottom line, I need to get mine, so you need to get yours. So you're not gonna, the left hand's not gonna show the right hand everything. It's that kind of playing poker thing, right? Hmm. But we long not to have that. When we when we move away from that, we want to be able to be in a place where we're not hiding. We're being accepted. Once you're accepted, then that soothes the longings of the ego and pride. Right? It soothes it. That's what home is supposed to be about. Mm. But for many people, it's not there. They carry that same guardedness from work to home, to their domicile. And it's why we don't see people really resting and thriving and growing and evolving with that healthy verticality of evolution, because you don't have that. Then in lieu of that, you have various agreements. Mm. You have agreements. right? We'll go this far if this is going on. So now we've established rules, boundaries, ethics, right, amendments, commandments. So we know we just won't go to that level. Mm -hmm. So there are uh, jobs like that, and thus comes the dishonesty of jobs. Everybody lies and embellishes their resume. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. So what inevitably what happens is you throw the resume away and you hang out with the person, right? There's a, a funny story of a guy in France some executive in France that's suing his company because they fired him because he wasn't fun. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, he wasn't fun. What would, what would they mean? Well, after work, he just wanted to go home to his family. He didn't want to go and drink all night and, and be involved in work orgies and, and hazing and things like that. So they're going. a case is going through the courts in France. This guy is suing the company. Because for him, he understood and he stated those boundaries. You're not my family, not my wife. You asked me to do this job. I do the job really well, but I want to hang out with you. I don't want to get drunk with you. I don't want to do orgies with you. Okay. So that honesty cost him his job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot. You look at Japan, the culture is all about working 16 or 18 hour days and then going and drinking together. And maybe it's because then the work becomes all consuming.
1: That's right. That's right. So they don't want you to have a life outside of that. They want to use you up. And if that's what you choose or that's all you know, then I get it. But what we're talking about is a more sustainable way of being. We're talking about mitigating your suffering. And so that honesty is, is very universal. And it starts, of course, with us and exercises. Can you really? With your words, with your actions, be honest. I was at Home Depot the other night and I was just feeling lighthearted. I was just feeling gratitude, just in general, something had happened. I don't know, my kids made me smile or I was going through something. I don't know what it was, you know. So I go to Home Depot and I'm picking up stuff. And there was this woman who was very beautiful and she just was working, you know, just angry, shoulders tense. You know how I do my etiology. It's just very, beautiful. and I just, it just dawned in my head. I just said, wow. She was helping me out. And I said, You're beautiful. You're very pretty. Thank you for helping me. And she just got mad. Mm-hmm. She was just angry. And then all the other workers that heard me say it just smiled at her. She said, You are pretty. They all said she's pretty. And you just saw her blush and just melt when all the other workers, and she just blushed. i like, wow.
0: Yeah. Well when the scary black dude says it it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, it, it, a different
1: story. Like I'm gonna beat her with a hatchet when she gets out or something. And I, I for me it was just I looked at it, it was just like looking at at, at the divine art. There was no attachment to it. I didn't wanna I had no plan, nothing. It was just it was just nice to say you did you 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 you're part of things that make this world livable. I feel the same way when I I see the students teaching a great class. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, Tony here, and I have a snapshot of Tony when she first came here and could barely walk up the stairs. And then I have a snapshot of her running the class for me and helping out all these people. It's just beautiful. Just th- that th- for me, it's the, uh, that's the honest beauty of my world. And the part of my world that's not beautiful is just a burden, mm-hmm. just trudging through it. It's like going to work. The beauty makes it all worth it. It makes it, and and that's the honesty. Beauty has an honesty about it. Just a bland honesty. Just bland. It's a beautiful world. Like when you leave the city and you actually hit the forest. You know that feeling? Mm -hmm. That you know if if we could get out of our head for a minute and weren't looking at the clock to see how we can get to the next point, next point. You ever just drive through upstate New York? It's just beautiful, a certain time of year. Yeah,
0: yeah, the, the, the scenery
1: is Although It's just so beautiful, and you just want to pull over. You ever just pull over and just let me breathe? Uh, uh, no,
0: man, we got to stay on a tight schedule. That's right. we got to get there so we can check in and make our dinner reservations and then head back to the city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, rush, rush, rush. But if you took a break, there's that honesty of nature. Yeah. That it provides for you all the beauty, everything you need.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's restorative.
1: Very restorative.
0: There's that book, uh, that Oprah Discussions that you sent me, mm-hmm. where they talk about some of the healing rhythms. Yeah. And how a lot of trauma, you overcome trauma by being connected to nature.
1: That's right. That's right. And if you ever walk through the forest, again, be well-armed, but... Just to hear the the, the the wind going through the trees and that there's that honesty. This is nature. This is who we are, and you get to visit it for a moment. You get to connect with it for just a moment, right? And so too you. The nature isn't that far away from us. So you have people in your life that remind you of that. And the more you cultivate that, the more you can experience this the things in life that are pretty are beautiful they just lighten the stress it's, it turns the stress down we're dying of stress yeah we're dying of cortisolemia there are are the, the i sent you the article that the y chromosome is degenerating i want to send you another article they're 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 testing people and they're finding their y chromosome is degrading at some unbelievable rate like there are men who were born And they test them at 20, and at 30, they don't have a Y chromosome anymore. This is horrible. This is stress. And then now you have to pretend and cover and try to fit, and you live a whole life of dishonesty.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty horrible. I wonder about this. I mean, I wonder how much is temperament. Because I I feel this a lot. There's some situations that I'm in where because of the dishonesty and maybe I would characterize it differently, but I think it's the same phenomenon that you're talking about. It's just like a, a weird way of interacting, whether it's stress or it's superficial discussions or everyone's playing a certain role. Um, th- th- it's got like a dead quality to it. There's nothing life giving. There's no energy exchange. And sometimes when I'm there, I just feel like running and screaming. Like I got to get the hell out of here. So, it really affects me. I don't know how much that's my temperament. I don't know how much people deaden themselves to this because you just get used to it, and then you end up drinking like a lot of socializing is drinking, so you don't notice it, that you're in these situations.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you hit on something, and as you're sharing that, and, and as usual, you inspire me to think about it, is that a dishonesty is very burdensome. Um, you, when you were describing managing your way through dishonesty, again, it's like the zombie apocalypse. Is there anybody I can just sit with and be? Can you just be? Yeah. And sometimes it is edgy. It's like you said, like I'm sharing you the experience with my sister. You're sharing me the experience with your mom. And there can be those tense moments. And then once you're honest, it seems to offer a soothing balm to to the Presence and you 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 don't it doesn't take your time up and it's not hard to be there. Once you get as people say, get that off your chest. But I would warn people don't dump on other people. Don't just say, I'm gonna get stuff off my chest, but unwilling to take the stuff, the burden you put on them off their shoulders. It goes both ways. And that's where that intimacy starts to build. Can we have a heart-to-heart? Can't have that without honesty. Because honesty is bland, it's not gonna favor you or me. It's just going to be. And whatever taste, whatever we get out of it, we'll have to decide that. But it goes both ways. So you don't walk around with all this stuff on your head, oh, I did all this uh, and I'm gonna dump it on everybody. I'm gonna un- I'm gonna just unburden myself. And then walk away and everybody's sitting there just exhausted, torn up because of you.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe the test is, does it actually unburden you? Or is it just a, an infinite stream of complaints?
1: I think it unburns you if it's honest. Because again, it, it, it untethers you from the ego and pride. Those are the things that undermine people, is ego and pride, right? Mm. So you throw that out and you go, wow. It's kind of like what we, we struggle with people being proud of their their nation, their race, their religion. Look at all the problems we're facing societally because people have religious pride or national pride or whatever, tribal pride. There's no good side to that. I think to be proud of something in a moment, your kid comes home and they really work towards something. So I'm really glad you did that. I stop saying I'm proud of you now. I say I'm really happy for you. Mm -hmm. I try to make it catch myself when I say I'm proud because I don't want to promote pride. I want to promote um, this kind of joy. I tell my kids, I'm real happy you did that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad for you. Or when somebody does something, well, I'm happy. For when when my student does well, I got word back that Pretty Tony uh, was, was believed to be a good practitioner by Phil and May, and I'm real happy for that. I don't want to be burdened by pride. I don't want to have that as some sort of a tool. Mm. Because once you open the door for that, then the ego comes from it and seeks more of it. Once the ego is awakened, it shuts off your ability to truly have deductive and critical thinking. Mm. Look at some of the daily problems we're facing. Like right now, every day you, you hear about the... These people, everybody's angry at each other. You know, they're canceling people and uh, you you name it. As soon as you hear the mainstream uh, news funnels and things like that, uh, the discussion is right there all the time. Somebody's anti this or anti that. There's no real discussion. It's just ego and pride. My group is better than your group. My group suffered more than your group. Um, my group is more worthy than your group. My group is better than your group. Well, what is your group? How did you get into that group? What test did you do? What, what, what wall did you climb? What did you conquer? Mm. People are crazy. Through a whim of fate and a moment of lust, you became this, this, or that. It's like that comedy I sent you, that poor Indian guy. Remember he said, we're, we're basically white people. No, no, you're not. You hate yourself. That's what it is. And you think by mocking yourself that you will be liked by people who don't like you. Mm. I mean, this is where ego will take you. It'll take you straight down up the public toilet of madness. So we want to be honest about everything about us, even our own insecurities. And I've worked with people who have revealed their insecurities And you almost want to laugh when you find out what it is. Mm -hmm. You're insecure about that? So it's shame and ego.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the longer you keep it close to your chest, the bigger it builds in your mind.
1: And it's usually nothing. It's usually nothing. Mm. It's like, what? I remember years ago I met somebody, they were shamed because they were adopted. Mm. I said, you're ashamed? How does that work? I don't even know how that works. What kind of ego run amok is that? Somebody uh, freaking wanted to take you in. That's better than being, uh, you know, you your mom and dad drunk one night and didn't use protection. And nine months later, here comes this screaming, howling creature that, that's causing uh, disarray in the family. These people actually chose to find a screaming, howling creature and nurture it and care for it. And you're ashamed of that? This is how crazy it is. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, but when you have honesty, what a more beautiful thing to do than somebody just choose to take on a child. Choose.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting you put it that way. Because as I'm hearing you, the benefit of honesty, you unburden yourself, but just by opening yourself up to that conversation, suddenly you've got a different perspective. You've got a different narrative. You can think about this from an angle that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do that, you, you never have that conversation. All you're doing is you're replaying the same thing over and over in your mind.
1: Right? And so we we, we benefit ourselves. It is a wonderful uh, treatment for a lot of what ails us is honesty. You think about this feeling betrayed, major or minor slights and betrayal. Because somebody wasn't honest with you. Think all of us have had that experience, if not on a regular basis, like, wow, I I wish they would have just told me, or I wish we could just talk about, right? I mean, it's like, good God, the pain it causes, but also the the power of honesty and what it gives you back. Let's say you're honest with somebody and they, they disown you or disassociate from you. That unburdens you. You didn't need that person in your life anyway. They weren't there. If if those conditions were attached to you being honest, and that's where it comes to intimacy. So again, I, I want to put that out there. But that I don't think people should be honest if they're in a kind of a corporate work situation or whatever. Some if you if you if you're working at McDonald's or something, don't tell them that you're vegetarian. I mean, there's there's no benefit, there's no upside to that. Don't tell them you don't eat the food. Because you need the job. So just do your part. Render unto Caesar that which is his and keep the rest for yourself. That's the tax of living with other people. Also, we live in a very unhealthy moment in humanity where if you're an honest politician, you will not get elected. You won't get elected. Period. So what that helps us understand is all these people are very dishonest. No. Now that you know they're dishonest, you can decide how you want to interact with them. Let's say in medicine, there was an article about why the FDA doesn't do testing on herbs and supplements. So there's a disclaimer on herbs and supplements. None of this has been uh, proved or certified by the FDA. Right? There's that disclaimer. And so the guy from the FDA, he's retired so he could be honest because he wouldn't be punished for being honest. Think about that. So he said, the FDA works directly with pharmaceutical companies. To get a patent on most medications and things, it can cost as much as $20 million. If you can't patent something, there's no benefit to anybody. There's no money to be made, no real money, real big money. I'm talking about tens of billions, hundreds of billions, hundreds of millions of dollars. You can't make that uh, on plants. You can't patent merengue. It exists in nature. So there's no reason for the FDA to test the efficacy of merengue. There's no reason for the FDA to test the benefits of ashwagandha. There are little labs here in Europe, here and there, that are doing the testing and they come up with the efficacy but they're not FDA approved. FDA works directly with pharmaceutical companies on things that can be patent. So we're limited in our honesty, which means you're dishonest. Mm. You see? You are dishonest. And dishonesty makes a lot of money. And if you're in the business of business, you need to make money, so you can't be honest. But for those of us who are just the average person, I want to have honesty amongst my intimates, amongst my friends and family and the people that I deal with. I happen to be fortunate enough to work for myself so I can express a higher degree of honesty than if I worked for someone else. And thus, when you're honest, you're less burdened, but you're not completely unburdened because there are things you got to really have strategies about. As they said in that old movie, people can't handle the truth. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. When your kids come up to you and say, Dad, which one do you like the best? We all have a favorite kid, and it may not be the same one every day. Mm -hmm. Right? Who do you love the most? Well, you got to lie. Can't be honest. Because they have ego and pride involved, and you're just trying to keep conflict down. Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, when you were dating you know, I don't know if you had the experience, you're dating, you're laying up in the bed with two girls, and one will go off, you know, to the kitchen or bathroom. Zone, you know, and say, Who's better? Who do you like the most, her or me? Well, you got to lie, just to keep the peace. You've been in that situation many times, as I have. So it's, it's like you have to have a strategy. But now if you get closer to everybody, you say, look, you're my Wednesday girl. She's my Tuesday, Thursday. Right you got to be honest, and some people can handle that, but if the ego and pride gets involved, it's a mess
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know how we got on this tangent, but um
1: it's just about honesty we didn't did, did we veer off did I go in the wrong directions David? Is yeah, a, what do you mean? Confession? I'm just saying, I'm just, everybody's been. Yeah,
0: I'm just getting distracted. I mean, I'm, because instead of the, talking about the topic, I'm writing down notes for dealing with threesome. So I've got a, a playbook that I can refer Life to. Life
1: has a universality to it. All things in the universe can have That's physics, the study of natural phenomena.
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, be honest. I'll just add one more thing that's helped me, and maybe you got some final take on this. If you can't find people that you can be honest with, expand your circle. This has been something that's been very helpful for me. It's not tearing down what I have. It's finding other groups to run with. And those are people who don't know me. So it's easier to be honest. You also meet different types of people.
1: That's something you said that because I think about you and your rap group, right? Mm -hmm. You and all these miscreants that you hang out with that are just amazing artists. Like You have really, uh, being your true self, being your honest self with your Spoken Word Project, I've seen it mature and it's very honest, but you hang out with people you probably would have never hung out with. But I'd imagine, and I haven't been to New York and and hung out with you guys, but is there not a certain freedom of being you when you're there? Yeah, there's a huge,
0: that's how this guy has. The dude who lives in Brooklyn and the projects. Every time we talk, we're talking, uh, the other day we were talking about uh, drugs in neighborhoods and how the CIA would leave trucks uh, filled with weapons and drugs corrupt the neighborhoods. We're talking about what it means to be an anti-Semite and, uh, or to be a Semite to begin with and how this dude actually is pretty studied up on this. He was saying the, the tribe of Shemite, that's where Semite comes from and it, that was a group of black people but no one talks about that. But it's very easy to have these conversations and part of it is that he's got a different perspective. He's part of a marginalized community. So he doesn't have the same attachment to this view of American excellence and a lot of the ideas that we we toss around when we talk about our country and we talk about our policy. He's very happy to just share his experience, which happens to line up with the way that I think about the world.
1: And in that, see, that's a powerful honesty. Mm -hmm. But that we we live in a world where that is penalized Mm -hmm. and you are awarded for being dishonest. You are brought into the fold being dishonest. And we have now um, glorified that. My point is, whether we do that or not is, is not so much the point, but the point is, what does it benefit you? It's very soothing being honest, and that's what you described. It's soothing. You hear all this noise, and then you hear kind of the faceless committee gatekeepers on what you should think, how should you think, what should be said. If you go along with that, your life will be easier. It will be much easier. Don't think, comply, don't question, right? But as a human being, a thinking, a, a, a homo sapien, an upright thinking being, that's hurtful, that's painful. And it may not be extreme pain, but it is pressure. And eventually it corrupts you because you hear stuff and you go, yeah, it doesn't sound right. But the faith may say, yeah, it does, it's right, that's what you should think. Don't go deeper right? Um, My my little one, uh, about to have a birthday in a few days, eighth birthday, whatever. He saw some video of some really grotesque, unhealthy person, like eating sandwiches at a gym and talking about just doing what you want to do. And he says, Dad, this is weird. I said, yeah, it's weird. I said, that's just weird. And he was like eight. He's like, this is weird. This isn't healthy. Kids are honest, but somebody at school will run up to us and say, "No, no, don't say that. You must be accepting and appreciative." No, it's not right. It's it's out of sync with the rotation of the planet. I don't, I want to be in sync with nature.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how my kids reacted when we passed a restaurant with a bunch of dudes dressed up in drag performing. They've looked at this. Actually, my wife said, oh, check this out, because she just likes seeing stuff, and uh, she thought it was kind of cool. So she shows it to her kids, and she's all excited, and they look, and they say, yeah, this is weird, and they moved on.
1: The kids will be honest, because they don't have that filter, Mm -hmm. and they don't need, they don't understand acceptance, rejection at that point, right? And they're sociopaths, because they don't have that whole, they just want to be okay. And they read their world as the world presents to them. And so we can learn from that. But this is only for opt-outs. Only for opt-outs. Because if you're opting in, you must be dishonest. You must be dishonest. And you must live with the disease that comes with dishonesty. The added stress. The distancing from another person. You will never when you're dishonest i'm talking about on a soul level i'm not talking about against corporations against negative enemies of your humanity you should never be honest with the government of course it's just you know it's just it's it's you can't be honest with dishonesty you understand what i'm saying you you it doesn't work that way you got to meet it where it meets you but when it comes to your intimates and things like that when you're that kind of dishonest you will never know closeness, you know that that person is right there next to you, there is a certain boundary that you better not cross or it's over. Mm. You know at certain work environments, if you come in and you share a truth, it, it reminds me of these old movies of whistleblowers, Aaron Brockovich and all that other kind of stuff. remember that. And there was that woman they killed. Um... That that exposed the 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 bad water and uh, Karen Silkwood years ago. Very honest. It's not cool that we're polluting the water. That's killing everybody. They they actually just killed her. And first they offered to pay her off. Mm. Right, that's how it works. First, let me just give you a few dollars and just just be happy. Some people can do that, mm. but that's when your humanity kind of is degraded you can be okay with what was it? i think some people remember the Karen Silkwood case most people remember the Aaron Brockovich case and just killing thousands of people and just as a human being if you're a human being it just you know i you can't pay me enough to slaughter other human beings and that's kind of the dishonesty of the world but it's okay depends on what group you're part of if you slaughter other people she was just a humanist and just said this doesn't seem right just something isn't right about it, right? I was watching uh, the other night. I, I watched the Emmett Till movie. Just extremely disturbing. Mm-hmm. Just a disturbing event in history. And it shows you the, the, the dishonesty of the legal system. But not only did it hurt them, but it undermines everything that you say you're about. The legal system doesn't exist as it presents itself if there's no justice there. The people that killed that boy lived to be old men and were, were given money for their interviews, made money interviewing about how they killed the guy. The woman who got him killed is still alive. So what? there's no honesty. There's no integrity of that. That, that hurts and so it's just a thieves' bazaar, right? Mm. It's just a, 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 a marauder's uh, picnic, flea market. So how can you then ask people to be honest? We can't do that. That's too big. We can do what's small. And amongst friends, families, your beloved, let's work on being more honest. Having those difficult conversations. Let's hit the block. Get in the car with your friend, your your lover, your buddy, your, your your homie, whoever, and just go for a ride like you did with your buddy um, uh, who lives in the projects or whatever, right? Make sure you, you get a gat or something, but uh, protect yourself at all times. But the, the relief that you felt, you know, I can just I can just talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't that feel good? We can just yeah. talk, and I don't have to have a million filters. It's like the other day I was sitting here, Caitlin. Somebody walked in. I said, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Hey, hey, hi." We talked. We had a normal conversation. Uh, oh, I've heard about you, Master. Yeah, Z- I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Do you what pronoun should I?" You know what? Come on, come on. I like. I don't even know what. To, I don't even know where to go with that. We were okay up to that point. We were okay up to that point. I am from a different time. Do you understand? I'm from a different place. I will be dead soon. and In a few years, I will not be in your world. You can have it stop the world. I want to get off. I don't even want to know what you meant by that.
0: Well, in your situation, Z is actually a pronoun. So your name is a pronoun. So you're covered.
1: I don't I don't I don't want to process that I just want to enjoy my ride on this spaceship all right be honest okay I'm gonna be honest with you the minute they said that to me I became nauseous hey I get it I understand. You, know, you understand? I, and i I told them honestly just to be cool with you guys because the conversation started out nice I don't do that. I don't do that. Whatever that is, I don't do that. Okay. So thank you for letting me know that Z is a, whatever, a pronoun.
0: Yeah. People say this and there. I might not be pronouncing it right.
1: Please stop. (laughs) Please stop. Much ado about nothing. And so as we work on honesty, we also know. That as the Tao said, the straightest path is crooked. As we move through this life, we have to um, develop skills of navigation around these artifices. I want to be able to be like in um, an old uh, M- M- Mel Gibson movie, you know, the Terror Dome or something. I just want to get around the zombies. I don't want to fight them. I don't want to engage them. I want them to live their life. I want to map out their territory without being infected. So I must be honest with myself and say, some of this stuff I don't go for, all power to you, but I don't go for it. How about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the best thing to do. Because then it's a a good combination. You're honest, but you're also accepting. You're not trying to impose whatever, your truth is on the world, but you're also, there's certain things that you're not gonna compromise.
1: And Yeah, and, and just to follow up on that, as we wrap up, I I feel it's a good time for us opt-outs to start shutting up on some of these discussions because it'll pull you into an ugly place. A lot of these discussions on religion, right, that's out there, there there's this whole thing on religion, and, and nobody is really able to talk or communicate because if you say certain uh, things, you can just be uh, shut down and, and called a hateful person. Um, but there's no real connection to history or the facts of life. I would say that each group needs to police their own group. So if I were to point out the ills of racism, I need to first point out the things that my tribe has done to other tribes, and I need to take ownership of my legacy. Nobody is above it. I look at uh, the suffering human beings have visited upon each other. And some of the worst suffering is inflicted by people who themselves suffered, right? Yeah. So let's talk about it. Work on yourself first. Clean your house first. And be real honest about how dirty your house is. And then we'd be a better place. Anything else, Ben?
0: No, I think it's a good place to sum it up. If you're not honest about it, you're going to live in some disgusting house that smells like cat
1: crap. But you're pointing the finger at everybody else's. Yeah. Not good. Let's be good. All right.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.